Welcome to the Shamelessly Ambitious Podcast, where we explore the intricate dance between success and self-worth. I'm your host, Ash McDonald, and you are listening to a very, very special series that promises to transform the way you view success and the way you view yourself. The pursuit of success is a relentless chase, an often elusive destination that comes at a cost. And in this chase, we sometimes leave parts of ourselves behind to fit in, or maybe we even assume roles that were never meant for us in the first place. And with all of that, we end up overextending ourselves to win this quote unquote race. And unfortunately, our self-worth becomes entwined with our success. This series is for the woman who understands that as we delve deeper into business, as we climb that proverbial ladder, and as we uncover more and more about ourselves as humans, the journey as an entrepreneur can become quite complex and sometimes lonely. So over the next eight episodes, we're bringing you the rawest, realest conversations with wildly successful out-of-the-box thinking CEOs who were never willing to settle, and they're certainly not afraid to bear it all in the name of belonging. We'll be exploring those wounds of success, those subtle but impactful wounds that arise when we mistake our success for our self-worth. When we start equating our value with what we do, with how much we achieve, or even how much we produce, rather than who we are, this misconception often stems from our deep-rooted need to belong and to receive approval. I truly hope that you feel deeply when you listen to these special eight episodes. This is the Releasing the Wounds of Success series. Let's separate the woman from the CEO. Let's peel back the layers of high achievement and let's redefine success together. I'm not the only one who can witness people here. I'm not the only one who can serve people here. I'm not the only one who can ask questions, who can give advice, who can give suggestions. And I'm always, always, always saying things like, take what feels good, leave the rest behind. Hello, my love, and welcome back to the Shamelessly Ambitious Podcast. Listen, it's been a little while since it's just been you and me, and I'm really excited to be here solo with you. I have loved the interviews and the conversations. I mean, truly, truly deeply enjoyed. Even more so going back and re-listening to them as they go live. They're the most powerful conversations. And also, I deeply love our one-to-one intimate time in this space as well. And this is essentially an episode where I am recapping, if you will, this incredible series, this incredible experience of having deeper conversations and hopefully creating a space where you feel so validated, so seen, so welcome in your journey and your feelings. I can't imagine anything else being a greater destiny for me than creating spaces like this. It is truly an honor. It's an honor. And I've loved hearing from you. I've loved hearing how these conversations have been incredibly powerful for you to feel that sense of, I'm not alone, right? We've talked about this a million times before on this podcast, but as humans, our deepest desire is to belong. And to belong requires us to feel as though people get us and that we're seen. And I think entrepreneurship in general can be one of those spaces that can inadvertently feel incredibly lonely because it is rare. Even when you feel like you're so deeply surrounded (laughs) by so many entrepreneurs, sometimes the vast majority of us are likely in a situation most of the times where we're not around other entrepreneurs. And 
we've talked about this in the series, but that feeling of I come alive in business and when I'm doing my business. And also I never stop thinking about it. And also it's a freaking roller coaster. And also I've lost a lot from it and I've gained a lot and I found myself and the constant self-development journey that entrepreneurship brings us on can be pretty stressful, but also something we're so grateful for. And it's, it's just a constant space of duality. And so on today's episode, I want to talk about a few things, but primarily I want to talk about the power of being witnessed and the power of witnessing yourself, which is ultimately one of the biggest reasons why I created this series. I recently finished up hosting a retreat for my CEO, Mastermind Gals. And it was actually our second retreat together. And it was such a phenomenal experience. We were in Savannah, Georgia. And I love retreats. I love spoiling the the women that I work with because I work with such highly ambitious women that they, even though they might think that they spoil themselves and some of them do, some of them don't, to truly be spoiled is to be in a space where every meal is cooked for you. You don't pick up a single dish. You are constantly asked, what do you need? And then served whatever it is that you say that you need. You're loved on, you're catered to, you were nourished. And I think that as high achievers, we tend to struggle in this department. I know I do. I have to literally block out time to rest or to be more intentional with the being. In fact, I've recently implemented this one hour slot between dropping my kids off and starting work because I've realized a really bad habit of mine of coming in the door maybe doing a thing or two, but ultimately coming right into my office and getting to work so I can get as much time as I need to. And I've had it in my head, I think the story of I'm most creative in the mornings. And so I've created a bad habit. And so I had a recent realization where I was like, this is just not good for me. Like I need to not go from high level mom mode and taking care of everybody and making sure the house is clean and everybody's fed and everybody's got their lunches and everybody's out the door on time and to school on time and all that jazz to, okay, how can I serve my clients? And how can I respond to my team? And how can I you know, create good stuff in my business, whatever the case may be, right? So I installed, ins- installed, that's not right, the right word, <laughs> integrated, I don't know, <laughs> luteal phase. I, but that's always going to be my excuse whenever I can't use words. Although I am being honest, I am in luteal phase. So I created a new habit, which is that for one hour, it's from nine to 10 in the morning, I am literally just being. And so I used to really covet making my latte and bringing it into my office. But then it was like, I was working and I was drinking it and it was definitely getting colder and it was just not the experience that it usually is. And so now I drink my coffee in peace. I drink my coffee while watching a show. I drink my coffee while reading a book. I drink my coffee while sitting on the front porch and doing absolutely nothing. I just enjoy that period and I have come to covet it. Like it is so good for me. All this to say that was a tangent, but also an invitation to create your own little space that is just for you and is so nurturing, nourishing, holy mother. (laughs) Okay. So all this to say that on the retreat, this is what I create for these women. They're intentionally curated spaces for them to have one-to-one conversations, for them to have conversations with me, for them to adventure, for them to eat really, really good food, for them to get good sleep, like you name it. And of course, we're covering the business side of things as well, always, but it's a space for them to heal and to be loved. And I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) I'm obsessed with it. It's so good for you. And in this past retreat, one of the things that I was very attuned to because we're in the middle of the series and I was witnessing these women was that the most powerful growth that I've seen in them has been a result of witnessing, of self-witnessing and of allowing yourself to be witnessed. 
And I've mentioned this a few times on social and within some of my group containers and also gotten this question a lot lately, but I've personally experienced being inside of containers where I I joined it for a, a a slew of reasons. But one primary reason was to feel connected and to meet other women who were like me, who think like me, who operate like me. And unfortunately, I've walked away from some of these groups, no matter how hard I try, not feeling like I got connected at all. And I'm going to have this really polarizing, I'm going to state this very polarizing belief that I have, which is that this is the responsibility of the leader. It is our responsibility to ensure that relationships are curated inside of containers that we create, especially if, and most times this is the case, especially if you promise sisterhood and you promise having each other's back and you promise cheerleading and you promise being in a room where you feel like you belong, which is what a lot of group containers, masterminds, mini minds, you name it, this is the promise that they make. And then yet, not only do I experience this, but I've had a lot of my clients experience this where they just don't have that. In fact, one of my greatest testimonies, and I will absolutely toot my horn here, is that the women in my mastermind, we got some video testimonies from them and we asked them to share. The common consensus was they've never experienced a group dynamic the way that I create one and not really knowing how, like, how does this happen? And the truth is, it's actually very intentional. I have not just gotten lucky. I have not just, you know, had the right people at the right time frame. I have actively intentionally curated spaces that create friendship. I think the problem that I see a lot is that leaders, coaches, mentors tend to create a space where they're the only voice, where I'm here to answer your questions and people tend to hesitate to put in their own thoughts. They hesitate to initiate conversation. They hesitate to support one another outside of a quickly written like, way to go, proud of you. Like It's very surface level. I've experienced this firsthand. I've had clients experience this. And I've also had clients come to me saying, my group is dead. And I don't know what to do. Nobody is supporting each other. Nobody is responding to anything. They're maybe loving a Voxer message or hopping on the Zoom, but they're turning their camera off or they're missing a bunch of calls or they just, the space is dead. In fact, I had a client recently ask me, how do you keep a pulse on your groups? How do you make them like operate? (laughs) You know what I mean? And I will tell you, like my groups are alive and they are vibing. I am, they are a constant evolution, but also just like, People are friends, genuinely friends inside of my spaces. And so I wanted to come in here and and give, because this series particularly is in conversation about witnessing and witnessing others and self-witnessing, I want to not only encourage you to do this in yourself, and we'll get into that in a moment, but I also want to encourage you to do this inside of the, the spaces that you create if this is applicable to you, right? So whether you create even DIY programs, like I don't care what you do, if you are in spaces, creating spaces, experiencing spaces, I want you to hold a standard for yourself as a leader, but also hold the standard for yourself as a client. If you're going into spaces and you're not experiencing what you want, I want you to be a little bit more intentional about how you find them because they really do make the world of a difference. So when my client came to me and said, how do you keep a pulse? inside of a group where it is active and there's engagement and there's relationship. And I answered her with these three things. Number one, because there's always the energetic side of things and then the strategic side of things, in my humble opinion, or the emotional side of things, is that we do have to have a decent level of trust that it will be what it will be. (laughs) You know what I mean? It'll be what it'll be. Because I will also go first in saying, 
that I've had groups where they're very lively for a week and then they aren't for another week. And I'm very careful not to assume too much responsibility for this. Of course, you'll hear what I do specifically to take the responsibility that I can. But ultimately, I think a space will be what a space needs to be. And even in my most thriving communities, there has been sort of drought seasons, if you will, where there's not a lot going on. And then when things start happening again, there was a very specific reason for that, right? So it is important for me to validate that there will be quote unquote dead seasons in things. And that's okay. Like, You don't want to end up carrying a sense of anxiety or where you're just dropping things into groups because you want them to be lively when they're not meant to be. And that's hard. I'm going to say that this is probably the hardest tip that I'm going to give you because I have felt that too. When something, when people aren't like responding to a training I give or I'm feeling feelings, I can get up into my head. And so I have to be really cautious about what is an internal trigger that I'm having that this has nothing to do with me, but I'm making it about me and what is radical responsibility, right? Number two, and this is pretty easy, is that I do go into spaces and containers that I host with themes or focuses in order to keep conversations going and alive. So every month, sometimes every week, depending on the exact logistics of a container, I will have predetermined focuses or themes that I come in to talk about so I can create this like ongoing engagement. This is very tactical, very strategic. But it's just the intention behind it. I think some people will create groups and then they're just like, yeah, come in with questions and then nothing happens and they don't know why. And it's because they're not actually engaging or creating conversation, right? So that's really important. And actually, there's four tips (laughs) because I'm just realizing that I have four tips here. The next tip would be your actual onboarding process. What are you doing? And so when I answered her, I was speaking directly to what do you do when a program has lost its pulse? What can you do? But I'm going to flip that a little bit and say, what can you do in advance? And there is the actual curation of relationship. And so what I mean here is that you have to think in advance going into something, what do you want this experience to be like? What kind of relationships do you hope form? How do you perceive engagement? What do you want that to look like? And not like setting expectations too high, but getting really radically clear on what do you want it to look like and why? And what can you do to ensure that it looks that way? One of my favorite things to do is every single program that I run that's a group program will always have what I call as a kickoff call. And this call is not an opportunity for me to tell everything about me. It's not an opportunity for me to teach anything. It's not homework. It's not implementation. It is simply an opportunity for people to get to know one another. Now, there is the typical, tell me who you are and where you're from. And I'm not saying that this is bad, but you do have to encourage a little bit more depth at the beginning because this is going to set the tone for whether or not people truly connect, right? If it's very surface level, you're, again, you're setting the tone for what it will be. And so, I love utilizing this time to uh, create some vulnerability, right? So whether it's a certain question that's going to enact a form of vulnerability, one of my favorite things to do is actually to ask people to share something. So as a, for instance, in one of my most recent mini minds, we started our kickoff call and I said, I want you to share what you feel like has been holding you back the most in the past few months of your business. And so everybody shared this in addition to their intro. And when they shared, then I stopped and I said, now everybody in the group, I want you to reflect back to her what you actually heard in this when she shared that. What did you hear? Now, one of the things that this promotes is that you're basically handing the baton over and saying, I'm not the only one who can witness people here. I'm not the only one who can serve people here. I'm not the only one who can ask questions, who can give advice, who can give suggestions. And I'm always, always, always saying things like, Take what feels good, leave the rest behind. However many people's in the group, five brains is better than one. Please initiate your thoughts in this space. So I'm encouraging people to be a part of it. But again, I'm setting the tone. If I want people to be a part of things, 
then that kickoff call has to create space for people to be a part of things. And that's just a really cool exercise too, where somebody might say, oh, what's I'm struggling with, I don't have enough time because of X, Y, and Z. And then they're witnessed by others and the people witnessing them, they're, they're now colleagues are saying, what I'm hearing is excuses. And it's like, oh, and we get this really cool dialogue going. It's really super fun. So really set the tone in your onboarding processes of a group container or even in a one-to-one container, honestly, of calling forward what sort of, I'm going to keep saying set the tone because I don't know what else to say, (laughs) tone you want to set for the remainder of whatever that is. Okay. Now, the last thing and the most important thing, and this goes hand in hand with everything else that I said, is that you must go first which is why conversations like the ones we've had on this series are so vitally important. Because if you are not taking the time to witness yourself, to get in the room yourself, to have conversations and create vulnerability for yourself, you're probably not going to have the most comfort in doing this. And this is going to be the one thing that makes or breaks it all. I cannot expect from my clients vulnerability if I'm not willing to show up with it first. In fact, my ability to be vulnerable and to share is going to be the thing that cracks them wide open. So in a container like this, I would actually say first what I'm struggling with. In a Voxer container, I'm not going to just come in and say, tell me what's going really well in your business and what's not. I'm going to go first and say, here's what's going really well and here's what's not. Because you know what that does? That ensures that one, I'm humanized. Okay. So now they're not coming into a space where I don't really want to share what's not working well to somebody that I'm perceiving as perfect. And it's not to say that they're always perceiving me as perfect, but I'm not going to lie. I've heard that a lot, a lot. The first time that I share vulnerability to somebody, I like 90% of the time they're like, oh my gosh, that felt so good to hear because it's easy to assume that's not the case. And I say this because it doesn't matter how vulnerable I get in my emails. It doesn't matter how vulnerable I get on social media. It doesn't matter how vulnerable I get in these podcast episodes. I have to do it in the room with them for them to actually digest it to actually feel the invitation of, you're not alone. I am with you. I am here to announce the things that I struggle with and to celebrate the things that are working with you. And to me, that is what leadership is, which is why I leave you with the questions of, are you allowing yourself to be witnessed? Are you allowing yourself to be witnessed? Every woman on this series allowed themselves to be witnessed. They got onto a podcast episode to have conversations where I blatantly said, this is going to be vulnerable. I'm going to ask you things that maybe you're not used to answering on a public forum. But additionally, another question is, are you witnessing yourself? Every single day, I take moments to witness myself, to witness the good, to feel. You have to remember that every emotion that you experience is a message. It's a message that reminds you to feel. And when you do not deal, you do not heal. Okay, so we have to feel our feelings. This is how we heal. It's so important. And the last one, and it kind of goes hand in hand with the other two questions is, are you critically thinking? Are you not simply taking things just at surface level? Are you critically thinking about everything that you do and everything that you feel and not overthinking? There's a big, big difference, but critically thinking, right? If I am in a Voxer container and a client says something and I get a ping of an emotion, I'm not just ignoring that. I'm asking myself, where did this come from, right? Where are these emotions coming from? Where is this experience coming from? What is this meant to tell me. And the reason why I share all this, and you've heard me talk about this in the series, is because this is exactly what initiated and helped me to curate the mastermind that I created. This is a mastermind that's for the female founder who cares about creating work that's meaningful, right? Not rushed, not desperate, 
she desires something different. And ultimately, she knows she can't keep doing what she's doing or she'll get what she's getting. And you can go down the rabbit hole of strategic support all day, every day. But if you do not have relationship, if you do not have community, if you do not have somebody who's personally got your back at a level that sees you so much deeper than maybe you've been willing to see yourself, you are missing something huge. I get it. I get you because I get you because I am you, right? It was a very cliche saying, but it is truth. You want someone to help you redefine what you truly want and how you want to get there. In most of the testimonies you'll hear about women who have worked with me, I am not a one-size-fits-all type of coach. I will not just tell you, here's the the three-part system you have to follow. I will support you in a way that supports you, okay? And I know you also want space that's held for you to come back to yourself so that you can move forward as a founder that you want to be, right? That's setting the bar high in your industry. I know you want the strategy and I'm here for that too. I, I want to call you to a higher level of service. I want to call you to diversification in your offers and your areas of expertise. In fact, I want to help empower you to be the expert of whatever it is that you're doing. And I know that you want somebody who can hold the duality of both strategy and emotional wellness. And that's what Redefine is for. Think of me, (laughs) think of me as your business therapist. I'm committed to so much more than just your monetary success. I am committed to the inner work. I'm committed to your capacity. I'm committed to your contentment. And the reason why I created it the way that I created it is because this is what the industry is missing, period, point blank. We'll start, of course, with a one-to-one kickoff call, you and I, where I can dive into your business and do a high-level business evaluation. And we will create a roadmap together that will be your, I can't find another word, so roadmap (laughs) to the rest of the mastermind. But then the rest of it gets to be incredibly collective, right? We'll have weekly calls that are focusing on everything from leadership and training, where I come in and I'm teaching you, to the emotional processing calls. Yes, we're talking group therapy. (laughs) Hot seat coaching because there's nothing more valuable than having a million brains on your idea and your business. Roundtable calls because coming together and each of us taking on the form of leadership is freaking priceless. And of course, guest calls because there are so many women out there that bring so much to the table. And I am not the one who can teach everything and I'll never pretend like I am. So this series is absolutely an invitation. This series is an invitation for the Redefined Mastermind a mastermind that is truly, 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 and I say this so genuinely, different than anything else that you are seeing in the industry. It truly is. So a question that I want to leave you with, a couple questions I want to leave you with that uh, are not questions, rather answers. (laughs) A couple answers I want to leave you with, because I get this a lot. And I think it's important to, to share this so that you can understand exactly why you would want this is, what does emotional wellness as a CEO mean? When I speak to emotional wellness, when I speak to witnessing yourself, when I speak to the inner work that creates the external results that we're all after. I am talking about, yes, having practices and habits that create that resilience so that you can adjust during all seasons of entrepreneurship, okay? Without, and might I add, without faltering on your values. This is really important. Entrepreneurship does have seasons. There are ups and downs. I talk about this all the time. There are things that you can do to feel good at all seasons. And that's a big thing that we'll focus on inside of this mastermind. It's also having a deep inner compass that drives your course rather than constantly needing to look outside yourself. Again, I'm not going to just give you the answers of what you should do. I'm going to help you dive in and pull out what you might not know that you already know 
so that you have the tools. I don't want to create a space where you can't do business without me. I want to create a space where you have literally become the most empowered version of yourself. And finally, emotional wellness as a CEO is having the ability to navigate easy and flowing moments as seamlessly as you navigate the challenging ones. And to not feel alone, good God, to not feel alone, because there is truly nothing more powerful than knowing that you're not alone in a journey that is not for the faint of heart, which is why not everybody does it. So I want to thank you so much for being a part of this series. It was moving. It was fun. It was encouraging. It was empowering. It was inspirational on so many levels. I absolutely took it all in. I don't know if you've ever ever done guest interviews, but it's a very different experience to do it because you're so in the moment. You're thinking about your next question. You are answering them. You are engaged, but it's so different to re-listen to them. And every single episode gave me so much more on the re-listen than it even did on the interview itself. And the interviews blew my fucking mind. So what a cool experience. Thank you for being a part of it. For those of you who were a part of the backstage pass as well, I hope that was so incredibly nourishing for you and gave you all that you needed in this experience. And whether you're ready to jump on board for the Redefined Mastermind, obviously all the information is in the show notes, or you're ready to just continue tuning in and listening to the podcast, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for being here. I want to encourage your vulnerability always. Of course, there's many other offers that you can dive into that I have outside of the mastermind, but just thank you. Thank you for being you. You really are one of a kind.